Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, March 27th, we look at Lesson 13, Rebirth of Planet Earth. Please join us as we look at how the new heavens and the new earth means a new hope and new life for us in Jesus Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, welcome to another week of Sabbath School Rescue. Uh, this is the last week of, of the quarter. It's been great with Isaiah. Um, the author of this, of this quarter has been great as well. Roy Gain, appreciate him as well as the entire staff that helped to edit this. It's been really great. Uh, Michael, what, what have you thought of the of the quarter thus far? You know, it's it's been a delight to just go through and the Book of Isaiah in depth. And uh, yeah, I mean, this has been one of the the better quarterlies uh, that we've had, I think, and uh, just such richness and just can't believe it's already we're at, we're at the end of a quarter. Yeah, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, so today's yeah. today's lesson is Rebirth of Planet Earth. And the memory text comes from Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. And then, Michael, you're going to share some exciting news with us that this is fresh off the press. But uh, the memory text says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Uh, thinking about that new heaven and the new earth, uh, Michael, you just shared some news with me about uh, well, I'll let you share the news. What was it? <laughs> well, the last couple of days, I uh, want to invite our listeners to, to pay attention if you haven't seen it. But the first time in actually seven decades that they have some documented, some confirmed findings from the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the reason that matters, it's significant, is uh, up until the finding of the Dead Sea Scrolls back in the 1940s by a little Bedouin boy who kind of found these caves. Uh, some of our oldest manuscripts of the Bible really dated to the medieval, uh, what we call the Middle Ages, right? And mm-hmm. and here are these manuscripts of the Bible that predate even the life of Jesus. So uh, it significantly pushes back our copies, our original. Uh, obviously, we don't have the handwritten autographs of the prophets in the Bible, but the oldest copies, known copies that have been discovered so far in this, this matters because what it shows is that there's been very little change in the biblical text, uh, in particular, obviously, the Old Testament. So it shows the reliability of Scripture, and, and this is exciting because um, in one of these caves, uh, <laughs> on, on, you know, the, if you, there, uh, it's, it's kind of this up and down, it's very remote area, these, these you know, they, they hit these uh, early, ancient manuscripts there for a reason, and it's very dry, and they've been preserved. Uh, needless to say, there's a, a, a cliff wall, and there was a cave that they had not seen or noticed before, and so they wow. were able to go into that cave and find this basket. The basket, they think, is older than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Just think, thinking the basket's close to 6,000 years old. I don't know, but it's an ancient basket, huge basket, and inside of it are more of these fragments from Scripture. So stay tuned. Check out the news. There's a whole bunch of, uh, I, I, you know, I'm always a little bit skeptical, so I want to hear from some of my archaeologists, uh, 
uh, friends that are experts in, in the field because there's been uh, sensational claims made uh, of others or by others. But, but this appears to be quite uh, legitimate and well-documented and uh, appears to be widely accepted by archaeologists and specialists in the field. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, I, I expect that we'll find more amazing things, more amazing discoveries uh, that uh, from the Old Testament, from archaeology, one of the things we've kind of come back to time to time through uh, this this quarter, uh, even with our interview with uh, Jonathan Gardner towards yeah, the beginning, definitely. Uh, just shows us how exciting uh, it is to learn more about the antiquity of Scripture. Okay, Michael, that's that's really exciting. I hope everyone logs on and reads a little bit more about that. And I, I'm going to segue into Sunday's lesson, talking about the new heavens and a new earth, because um, I, I, I think this gives us even more hope of knowing that the Bible is, once again, historically accurate. There's no getting around that. And archaeology has worked together for us to find this, but it has also given us hope for a future. And I think that's what uh, this lesson is going to be talking about. So go ahead and, and share with us, Michael, about Sunday's lesson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is such a, a one of my favorite texts in uh, Isaiah. It's a beautiful description of what heaven is going to look like. And, you know, I'm, I'm teaching an honors class right now, and uh, we're going to be going through slave religion, what religion was like for um, enslaved African Americans in the 19th century. And... Um, one of the points the author, uh, Albert uh, Rabito, uh, makes is that um, they what what made religion so significant for these slaves in America at that time was this notion, this idea of hope. Mm. They had hope of something better, and so that's what helped them to get day to day, week to week. Um, the hope of a better land, even if they wouldn't experience it, the hope that even the possibility that their children might experience it. And that, that's what I love about this this text in Isaiah 65, is when we're tired of this earth, when we see all of the tragedies and the sin and all of the, the problems that we experience here on earth, God has given us a foretaste, a, a kind of tantalizing us to say and to remind that uh, whatever we may face here on this earth, there is something better to come. Amen. And that's what Isaiah 65 is really just all about here. Um, it talks about lots of uh, amazing things, uh, such as, you know, homes, building homes that we will dwell in. That's in verse 21, planting vineyards and eating their fruit. Um, things like that, that, that you know, uh, even things that we can sometimes take for granted, um, the ability to not labor in vain. There's a lot of injustice in this world where yes. people labor in vain, right? So the idea that there an end to injustice, um, and, and I like this, nor will they bear children um, who bear children be doomed to misfortune. In other words, the idea that um, back in ancient times, if you had children, that was your security, right? That was your future was, was in your children who would take care of you. And you may not have that security, but God's saying, hey, I'm going to be, I guess to kind of translate a little bit, I'll be your retirement. I'm going to take care so you don't have to worry about those kinds of needs. And and the, the, the kicker for me is in verses 24 and verse 25, probably a couple of the best known verses of this passage. Before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, mm -hmm. I will hear. Now, Buster, I know we've talked about this before. You know, one of the things I think people are challenged with is the idea that somehow God is far off and distant. But um, 
God actually cares. He listens when we need to express our heart uh, and tell him what's going on in our lives. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things I try to get across in all of my classes and my teaching and preaching, which is God is not just a God of fundamental beliefs and information. He is a God of uh, that's involved on a daily basis in our lives and cares. It's not like we're mm-hmm. goading him and, and we have the, oh, please, and twisting his arm. No, he wants to be involved. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us He wants us to ask him to intervene. So uh, th- those verses are very near and dear to my heart, Michael. I want to finish off with uh, verse 25, which is this beautiful picture of anybody that likes animals. Yes. <laughs> we sure do. It says, the wolf and the lamb will feed together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. And dust will be the serpent's food, and they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. And that that's just so ironic to think of the lion and the lamb peacefully resting and eating together in heaven. How sublime mm-hmm. that mental picture for me is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a beautiful picture. And, you know, as we look, at, look towards the new heavens and new earth, we, we ask ourselves, well, what about now? You know, sometimes... And uh, yeah. I kind of want us to, to look at Isaiah chapter 66 that kind of plays off of Isaiah chapter 65. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Isaiah chapter 66, especially verse 18 and 19, talks about knowing their works and their thoughts. I have come to gather all nations and languages that they will come and see my glory. I will establish a sign among them and I will send survivors from them to the nations to Tarshish, put Lud, uh, who are archers, to Baal, Javan, and the coasts and the islands far away who have not heard about me or seen my glory and will proclaim my glory among the nations. They will bring all your brothers from all the nations as a gift to the Lord on horses, chariots, and it goes on. It says, uh, in litters and on mules and camels on the holy mountain, just as the Israelites bring an offering and clean vessels to the house of the Lord. And we, we see here a picture that God is saying, I will be that magnet that's going to draw these people. So who's going to fill up the new heaven and new earth? It's going to be representatives from all nations. And God is this magnet, if you will, that's drawing them. So it's not just the animals that will be there playing together. It will be the nations that are going to be there together. It's going to be a beautiful time and a beautiful place for all of mankind to come together and rejoice uh, in the fact of seeing what God has done. And we also see here, how do you get there? Well, verse 5 in Isaiah 66. You who tremble at his word, hear the word of the Lord. Your brother who hate and exclude you for my name's sake have said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy, but they will be put to shame. And we see here, everyone who hears the word of the Lord and trembles at it, those who actually take it at its word will be the ones that will be occupying this new heaven and new earth. And so, yeah, well, uh, this is. Oh, go ahead. Go oh, yeah, You go ahead, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love that picture, Buster, of, of heaven and the diversity and richness of it. It's not monolithic. It's not one one culture or color or anything else. That God embraces the richness and diversity of of, of everything that we experience here on this planet. And it reminds me of Ellen White. She talks about how there's no one perfect culture. I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit, but that. Uh, she says we can have something that we can learn from all the different nations, all the different tribes of the earth. Amen. And uh, how, how rich that's going to be when we get to heaven to experience that in its fullness. You know, I, I love that. And uh, 
tell us about who who the missionaries and worship leaders are, Michael. That's going to be there in Tuesday's lesson. So we're talking about all yeah, these nations so, and survivors. Please, please share with us. Yeah, you know, this is this is a great passage. Um, Sixty six, just kind of building on, on what you're talking about, how um, it, it describes here um, these different nations, and actually describes some of them by name to Tarshish. Um, and I'm, re- I'm using the NIV, so depending on your translation, um, how they've actually translated some of these different names. But the Libyans uh, and the Lydians, so you have different countries from across the Middle East, from North Africa, and even says to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory, that they will proclaim my glory among the nations. And, and here's this idea, this notion um, throughout the book of Isaiah that God's people were to be a light uh, and transmitter not to keep this to themselves but to share it Amen. And hence this idea of missions and missionaries um, sharing the knowledge of the one true God and, and by the way this text is probably one of the most famous texts used by missionaries in the history of, of missions what we call missiology so studying how how missionaries have gone out I, I can't tell you how many times I've read texts by missionaries that have gone to the South Pacific Islands, some of the remotest corners of the earth, to parts of, of even China um, and, and elsewhere across Asia. And they, they see this text here. It says, my name will go out to these distant islands. So this is sort of this imperative here um, to bring all people from all nations to my holy mountain. In other words, God doesn't discriminate. God does not uh, prefer any one kind of people culture no matter what they look like you no know, their economic status um, their gender um, all of those kinds of things God says I, I that that to me I, I bring everyone Amen. everyone to come here and and God's invitation both for the children of Israel back in the time of Isaiah remains the same for God's people today I'm reminded of Revelation 14 right mm-hmm. the, the message of the three angels and to go to every nation, tongue, tribe, and, and people. So um, that work is not finished until Jesus comes again. You know, Michael, as, as you share that, uh, Wednesday's lesson is just a continuation of that once again. And I love how the yeah. author built on the, that idea, which is the priestly kingdom and holy nation is not just Israel any longer. But now here we see in uh, the book of Isaiah, it's in Isaiah 66, verse 21, it's expounded unto the Gentiles as well, that they too were going to be able to become worship leaders. And we see this is backed up uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Galatians 3, 28. Uh, particularly uh, shares this. It says, uh, verse 28, this is the Christian Standard Bible, by the way, that I'm using today. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And uh, showing that this royal priesthood that's now coming, uh, God is going to call the Gentiles now to proclaim this gospel. Uh, But also, not just here on earth, right? We see that this has happened, but also in the uh, the new earth to come and uh, this excites me because once again michaels we've been talking about here on earth the race relations and the mm-hmm. the striving yeah. that's been taking place and seeing mm-hmm. what god is uh is trying to do here on earth but will be completed when he comes to the clouds of glory but it doesn't mean that we don't stop the struggle all here it's just realizing that it will not be completed until jesus comes to the clouds of glory yeah 
And and so uh, with that, the community of faith, just, just hold on to this, that we as a church are called to reflect as much of heaven before we get there, right? I know we will never be perfect here on earth, well, I love it. but we're still tried, yeah. we're called to try to reflect it as much as possible. And so that, that kind of brings us to Thursday's lesson, so shall your seed and your name remain. Uh, tell us what that says, Michael. Yeah, well, this, this passage here is really um, just a promise uh, of what God intends for us. And I'm just going to read quickly verse 22. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and your descendants endure. And, you know, first thing that comes to mind is a name, especially back in the, the ancient Near East and in biblical this biblical context here, had incredible significance. Uh, it represents someone's character. Uh, and so this idea of someone's name continuing in your descendants, your posterity, this, this idea that life doesn't just end. God has a plan when we get to heaven that this will continue. And so this, again, this uh, where we started at the beginning of this lesson is this reminder of hope that we have. Amen. This hope will continue. And and some of these kinds of things, these uh, uh God created us to be relational human beings, uh, which is what the Sabbath is all about. In the Old Testament, we've got all of these uh, types and symbols, these festivals, and that's really what's happening in verse 23. It's talking about from one new moon to another to and another. from one Sabbath to another, all humanity will come and bow down before me. And some people have said, well, um, what does this, this text mean here, right? Well, again, the, the most of the calendar of the ancient Israelites was based on was sort of like a lunar calendar, we would say. Right. And that's why every so often they had to do adjustments to uh, their calendar so that uh, it, it wasn't kind of perfectly uh, reflecting the sun. Mm -hmm. um, and so they would do that. And they also had the system of, of Sabbaths and there would be special Sabbaths, uh, high Sabbaths. But the idea that the life cycles and patterns that we know here on this earth uh, will will continue on into into heaven, and and that really is um, and and we have this sort of uh, tricky verse here on verse twenty four, uh, which is somewhat debated quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. You have to help me out here. Yeah, here. it's it, go out. It, it asks. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it asks why does Isaiah end with a negative picture? of saved people looking at the corpses of rebels destroyed by God. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, this is this is the challenge, right, is is we tend to want happy thoughts and happy notes that everything is going to be hunky-dory and will be great forever. But uh, Scripture doesn't tell us what we want to hear. Sometimes it tells us what we need to hear. Yeah, and it doesn't tell us what we think ought to happen. It tells us what is going to happen. Yeah. And, and I think that's really kind of part of what's going on here. It says, you know, there's going to be the dead bodies of all those who rebelled against me. Worms will eat them. It's, it's kind of it's kind of gruesome, right? Um, yeah, it is. It, it's, it's rough. No, but, no, no but getting around it. It's sense, gruesome. <laughs> it's gruesome. But I, um, part of this is also a reminder of the finality of sin, that sin will end and all of that comes with that will be put to an end and and those that cling to sin will god finally will have to say you know leave them to their own devices and so god says there will be a judgment there is going to be a destruction of evil 
and those who cling to it. And yeah, it's not it's not a pretty picture. You know, Buster, I was reminded of this this week because our family, we, we really had a hard time. Uh, my son's pet bird is a parakeet um, just died. And oh, we're not sure exactly that. what happened. Yeah. And, 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 and those kinds of moments. And of course I, you know, came home as quickly as I could. And there was a lot of weeping, some, some tears. And we had a little funeral for our, our bird in the, in the back, which may seem a little strange to some people, but it was an important moment for our family. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just reminds us that the little creatures around us that, that we care about. And remember my son's prayer praying, well, Lord, if, you know, he's praying to, to Jesus, you know, I, I hope that we can have our pets with us in heaven. Well, the Bible doesn't really talk about that, but it does talk about how there will be an end to death. And, um, you know, I, and again, I don't know with pets, um, maybe, I hope that uh, we'll be able to have our pets if God things that we care about, good things here on earth, that uh, surely God will have those same kinds of good things in heaven. So I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic, but um, the most important thing is is that disease and these kinds of things that we have, um, what that verse tells me, as gruesome as it is, is we don't have to worry about death and the consequences yeah. of sin anymore but once he, Jesus comes again. And I was going to add this, Michael, which is this is meant to not just paint a picture of horror, it's meant to paint a picture of finality uh that yeah that evil will be done away with it's a wake-up call right and and just as verse five talks about those who have uh, uh those who have said let the lord be glorified so we can see your glory but they will be put to shame that there would be a group of people who say they were forgot but they really weren't and they're they're full of evil deeds they're full of evil ways and god is saying this is a, a source of finality just as jude says sodom gomorrah is burning forever and ever it's not burning forever and ever, but the finality of what happened is burning forever and ever. Uh, the finality of those bodies being there will be forever and ever, but it's not like for all eternity we're going to look out and see worms eating bodies. Uh, but there's going to be this event that takes place that will be forever etched in history. Uh, just like all the wars that we have had, I'm, I'm talking the historian right now, but uh, they're documented. Uh, some of them were quite bloody. Some of them were quite gruesome. And we love mm. to erase the details of it, but it happened. And we live with the consequences. And that's what God is saying. Choose your choose which way, you're, which path you're going to take now. But this is how it's going to end on both ways. Eternal bliss yeah. and joy or eternal damnation. Mm. And so well, it, and it guess, is our choice. I guess if I'm hearing you right, Buster, it sounds like, you know, God gives us these kind of reminders to wake us up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He, he doesn't sugarcoat around it because he, do, he doesn't want to mislead us. Uh, he is yeah. our shepherd, right? And he's saying, you go that way, there's mm -hmm. wolves. <laughs> uh, you better believe I'm going to stay on the, the path with the shepherd because I don't want to get be eaten by the wolf, right? Amen. Amen. So, uh, Michael, well, uh, anything else? No, I think that's about it. It's hard to believe. Like I said earlier, you know, we've, we've gone 13 uh, Sabbaths through the book of Isaiah and uh, really looking forward to what's coming next. Um, I think we've got uh, a, a new quarterly coming up. Uh, Buster, do you? Yes, we do. It's, it's the Promises. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think you told me it's a, one that's been recycled uh, by Hazel, if a I'm correct. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that, and uh, we'll, we'll get that started up. You'll see the podcast of that coming up next week. And so, uh, yeah, the the. the the promise and God's everlasting covenant, this idea of God's plan of salvation that's always been there. 
uh, Gerhard Hosel, for those who may not be familiar with the author, his son Michael Hosel teaches at Southern, and he used to be for many years uh, the dean of the seminary at mm-hmm. Andrews. In fact, my my father-in-law um, tells me that he was his favorite teacher in seminary, so a much beloved seminary teacher, and so uh, this will be a chance to have a little blast from the past here. Amen. So I'm looking forward to that. So I guess that's well, the end of this a, lesson. Yeah, it's a wrap for a quarter and for this week. Yes. Uh, so this is Soup. And Swoops, signing out. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.